0: Gorgeous people and welcome to this podcast episode where I interview Ilana I'm going to actually attempt her last name I haven't attempted it yet Kosaki was All right. That's my best attempt. Ilana is a leading Australian kinesiologist, women's wellbeing mentor and yoga and meditation teacher. She's an entrepreneur with a past life as a CPA accountant in the corporate world. And as you'll hear through this episode, it was Ilana's own health journey of chronic fatigue, irregular cycles, and autoimmune disease that taught her to slow down and listen to her body's intuition. And it also led her on her path to kinesiology and starting her own business as a kinesiologist, yoga teacher, and meditation instructor. And I love this episode. This is such a beautiful episode. We just recorded this interview. Ilana and I have so much synergy. It's not even funny. And in this episode, Alana shares her business journey of how you know how she moved from her corporate life into her own business. and you know the, some of the Blocks and limitations that she experienced in her business and then what unlocked that real flow for her and that real creating from what she loves. So it's a beautiful episode. Alana also shares about how kinesiology can support you in growing your business and what that inner work piece is. We, re- we talk about it really in relation to business, but also as it manifests in health, um, because that's that was the starting point for both of us in our spiritual journeys and personal development journeys. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy hearing another real business story from a woman who is originally from Gippsland in Australia. She lives in Melbourne and she's a kinesiologist and her business was mainly face-to-face before the pandemic. And a lot of it went online through the pandemic. And I think you're just going to get so much from hearing Ilana's story. So without further ado, I'm going to hand us over to our interview. Welcome Ilana to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here and to share share your story and share your magic with my audience. Thank you so much for having me. I am super excited to be here too. So, Ilana and I just recorded a podcast for her podcast, The Energy Shift, which you should definitely go check out, and we could have we were just saying we could have talked for hours. There's so much we could have talked about. We could have talked about sexuality and the power, just your personal power of connecting with your sexuality and, you know, connecting with your essence in that way, money, business, all of it. Uh, So in this episode, what I would really love to hear about and share with everyone is your business journey. I love hearing people's business journeys, especially, you know, you were in corporate to begin with and then moving Mm -hmm. into something, moving into an area that is, you know, not so mainstream, that is off the the path and, well, carving your own path really Um, and then also, Um, hearing about your work and how that does support women and what is the inner work that can really help us when we're wanting to create our our soul aligned or soul led businesses and and how kinesiology can play a role in that. So lots of exciting things. Absolutely. So I'll obviously start. Um,
1: I'm Alana and I am a kinesiologist, yoga, and meditation teacher. But as Alex shared, that was not where I started. So I started my career actually at a power station, which I'm having a chuckle because Alex was sharing that. She also started her career doing something completely different in mining, which I didn't know. And I just fell into it because I loved numbers at the time and I was doing accounting at school and I didn't get the score I needed in high school and it was such a big thing back then that if you you know you had to get, you know, that enter score to get into uni to, you know, do all the things that we're supposed to do. Supposed to do I've got quotation marks <laughs> with my fingers. Um but yeah, so I did a traineeship <clears throat> for a year. And then I started studying accounting part time because they employed me full time. So I spent twelve years in the corporate world, mainly in electricity industry. Industry, and it burnt me out. In a nutshell, so I was working full time, studying part time for nine years. Wow! Three years I did CPA as well. Oh my god! Wow. Um, on top of my degree, so wow. it was a lot. Um, I also had a partner at the time who lived, um, who, had, who was a farmer. So, and his family farm was three hours from Gippsland. So, every weekend I was traveling to the family farm. So, let's just say I was very good at burning the candle at both ends. Mm. And by the time I had gotten to 30, I was just completely burnt out and I ended up with. Adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue, and in the end, um, Lyme-like autoimmune disorder. And prior to that, about a year before that, I had had a really sore right ankle, and they had tried cortisone injections, and my friend said you know, your doctor's obviously wanting you to have surgery. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to have surgery. Mm. <laughs> Why don't you go and see this kinesiologist? <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I've tried everything else, you know, physio and, you know, I'd seen all the specialists around um, an exercise physiologist because I was running a lot back then and I was dancing a lot. I did uh, Latin dancing and I was like, okay, I'll go and see a kinesiologist. and it just blew my mind what um, I saw two. So I saw one that was a applied kinesi- uh, kinesiologist that was a chiropractor and then I saw one that was more a holistic kinesiologist, which is what I do now. And between the two of them, what they were telling me about what was going on with my body, I obviously had no real body awareness at the time. Mm. Um, but it just blew my mind what they were telling me around my limiting beliefs and especially from a holistic kinesiologist's perspective and the sort of stories that were on repeat in my life and how that was impacting my physical body and, yeah, so my applied kinesiologist chiropractor gave me some supplements and did a few things and then my ankle pain went away. <laughs> wow. Plus then working, starting to work through some of the limiting beliefs um, and self-sabotages and clearing trauma that I had accumulated over my entire life that I had never dealt with emotionally and mentally <laughs> and spiritually that were basically showing in a form now in the physical sense because I had ignored them for 30 years. <laughs> so that kind of rock-bottom moment in my career, I still loved – where I was working and I loved the people I was working with, but I was just an overgiver and a people pleaser and I didn't know how to say no and I didn't know how to set boundaries. And I ended up being sick or went on a healing journey for about 18 to two years. So I didn't do a lot of um, full-time work while I was healing. I kind of took time off. I had started studying kinesiology, interestingly, three months prior to my rock-bottom moment. So it's almost like the universe was saying, you can't live this life anymore and know this, like it doesn't align anymore. And so the week of my 30th birthday is when it all happened. So two days before I turned 30, I was at my computer screen and I had, I suppose, a bit of a mental, emotional meltdown and I never went back. (laughs) And that's where my journey kind of really started and why I do what I do now.
0: That is so so interesting. Um, I feel like for a lot of people, health manifestations can be that first point, or really often that first point of, I've got to do something about this, is something not right, which then kind of, leads you onto seeing the seeing the bigger picture imbalances that are creating the um the health imbalances, which, you know, as you know from the podcast we just recorded yeah. for your yeah. podcast, that, you know, that was what happened for me as well. And yeah. and it's so interesting, you know, what you said as well, of seeing all these Medical professionals that were just working on the level of the physical pain didn't you know weren't able to yield any shifts, and then you went to see these other practitioners that did tap into the, the bigger picture of what was going on that was just resulting in those health expressions, and how that actually shifted things and you know what I didn't share with you. In the last in the episode we recorded for your podcast, was that I had a moment where I was on leave, and I just I was so I just felt so depressed, and I just felt like I I can't go back. I felt like my soul was dying. I felt I actually had an image of um being in the ocean and just like I can't um. Doggy paddle, whatever, anymore and just sinking and like the light dimming. And I was like, I have to leave my job. Um, and I wrote my resignation letter and handed it in the next day. I got back after leave. Um, so, yeah, so interesting to hear your story and hear, you know, you just reach that point of knowing just everything inside you is obviously screaming, I can't do this anymore. Something has to change. And it was like
1: it, and it, I really felt this pivotal shift where um, it was like i'd known I'd known for a few years, to be honest, that I wanted to do something in health or spirituality or something, because even the couple of years prior, my parents had gotten divorced and I'd broken up with a long-term boyfriend, and I'd moved to Melbourne and I was having I was experiencing life, I felt like, for the first time on my terms, if that makes sense. Like mm. I didn't have the expectations of family or, you know, a partner and I just felt a bit like a free soul. And I knew that I loved whether it was naturopathy or, home, you know, like homeopathy, like I was always kind of into bits and pieces of that as a child because I actually had asthma and allergies as a child and I always had naturopaths. And- people around like that support system around me and I was always curious about it but it was never it never felt like an option for me if that makes sense because of obviously Mm. our societal expectations Mm. and you know I lived in the country and it wasn't something that you you went to your school expo for you know like careers they didn't have a kinesiologist (laughs) and a naturopath and a yes a sexologist and you know a money mindset queen and (laughs) like That didn't exist back then, <laughs> yeah. which I'm really hoping that things are starting to turn and change now. And so I just followed the path of expectation and it was a few years kind of it's almost like I was starting to get that awakening around that age of 27. <clears throat> but I was too scared to make the leap of faith and so it was like when I would started studying something I was really passionate about, it's like the universe is like, right. You, I know you're not going to quit your job. Like I, I can see that, you know, mm-hmm. you've got all your, you got your safety net there. I'm going to give you something that's going to force you to do that. <laughs> and that's what ended up happening. So I felt like my course was, well, my initial course, because I've done many courses since, but my initial sort of Cert for in, in kinesiology was like my, like my healing path. It, healed, it basically helped to heal my soul. And Mm. really reconnect me to who I was and my essence and starting to, because I really feel like my chronic fatigue to a degree was more emotional and mental and spiritual unraveling than it was physical. Even though the physical is what drove me to change, Mm. it was more working through my limiting beliefs and my self sabotages, and understanding I had choices again and where my power lived in my body, and reconnecting me with my body, and um, understanding, you know, the feminine and masculine energies of life because I was literally living in the masculine. <laughs> Everything was on go, and I didn't know how to stop and slow down and, you know, understand simple pleasures and all of these things. And that's. Um, why I love what I do,
0: yeah, absolutely, so powerful to share that because i I know actually a lot of people, a lot of women in my audience struggle with fatigue or just various niggling chronic health things that don't seem to have a solution, you know or f- from mm. the western medical system, and even when even when you're coming at it from that very symptom based perspective with Chinese medicine or, or alternative therapies that aren't actually going to what's the, what's the kind of, you know, are you disconnected from yourself? Are you disconnected from your body? Um, and you know, for me as well, I struggled with fatigue really significantly since I was about 12, I'm just struggling to get to the day. Um, and yeah, it wasn't it just wasn't until I addressed all those things on those other levels and really learned to um not yeah, not put the power in my ego that that really changed as mm. well as you know I I definitely have had huge benefit from tonic herbs and things like that but that alone isn't going to do it, you know. So I love I just love already how this picture I'm getting of how it is the whole holistic view that has helped yeah. you come into your highest health and and at the same time like your highest purpose and living your truth and sharing your gifts and that they're, they're well, connected
1: abs- yeah and absolutely and kinesiology for me was just you know it was that avenue that was you know and. I've helped a lot of clients in this way, it's like it's just that it's just another one of these um, healing modalities where it can just allow that access to that mm. root cause information around yes. the avenues in, that's going on in your life. Like, Because I don't heal my clients. <laughs> they heal mm. themselves. Mm. They receive the awareness and the guidance and the intuition that is always in there in them you know our bodies remember everything and anything that's ever ever happened to us we have this beautiful you know blueprint that we can always access but we've lost our, you know we've lost our ability to connect with that blueprint at times to unravel why do I have this major health issue or why am I struggling with my money blocks or why am I not getting to that next level in my business You know, and kinesiology is just a tool to access, well, you know, is it, you know, health related or is it because, you know, I need to work through this limiting belief? Or, you know, was there a trauma that happened when I was a child that I haven't fully cleared and it's that's popping up every time I'm trying to put myself out there on social media or Mm. (laughs) every time I'm trying to put out a new program or whatever it might be. Mm. So it's I love what I do because I basically are a space holder for women to go on this beautiful journey and explore and reconnect with their essence and their truths and holistically look at life you know from a lens and figure out what is it that I need in order to move forward or to listen to my intuition so I love that you
0: have just shared you know it's helping it's create holding that space and and creating the space for women to connect with that essence in themselves and get that information about what is going on on those other levels that are creating these manifestations however they're showing up in mm. their life that are creating I guess limitation and and not what they feel like is what they would love, you know, in whatever aspect of their life, but that you're not healing them. Like you're giving them that information so that then they can do the work, you know, and create the shifts themselves. And I think that's so key because I think, you know, sometimes, you know, coaching or kinesiology or other types of energy work And healing, sometimes it doesn't actually yield the shifts people want when they're expecting, like, oh, I go to this person and then they do something (laughs) and I magically change without being like a fully engaged partner in the process and go, no, they're helping me with the information that is going to, you know, support me to change and to support me to heal this thing and to support me to be in my power. But at the end of the day, it's me that does that. It's not them. And I, I think that people just get really disappointed when they've put all the power in that practitioner they've gone to mm-hmm. see rather than claiming it for themselves. So I think that's yeah, really powerful that you've just shared that.
1: Yeah, and I think it's interesting, like both of us have shared on both of our podcasts that we got to a point where we like, I need to heal me. Like I know now having perhaps oh. accessed, you know, Western doctors or specialists or holistic practitioners, yes, they play a role, but ultimately I have to do the work. <laughs> like I have to do the inner work and mm-hmm. understand you know, how I tick and how I think and how I feel and how I react to certain situations or what pressures and expectations I'm putting on myself that aren't serving me, that are potentially causing that physical problem. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I love being a part of that support team for someone because that empowers them to rem- to know that yes they come in and they receive a healing when they when they see me and they gain awareness but it's actually more about what they do outside of a session which you would find similarly you know it's doing the work on a daily basis yeah. that's where the magic happens <laughs> you know it's you know we were talking in your episode you were talking about you know your inner critic and you know your ego versus love and your intuition you know it's Sort of starting to work with, you know, if mindset is something you need to work on, or you've had a limiting belief, is noticing when I'm not good enough keeps popping up, and either keep sort of listening to her and allowing mm. her to run the show, or changing it. <laughs> and you know, because you might have come to me yeah. and you had no idea that that was the story that has been you've had since you were six year old, six years old, you know your mom or your dad might have told you, but you've been that's been running your show now for 30 years. And then every time you try and do something in your business or put yourself out there, I'm not good enough keeps coming up. And so you're playing small or you're not doing the video or you're, you know, not putting out your gifts into the world. And so every time that comes up every day, you change it, or you send a loving prayer to that lovely critic or the ego. And Slowly over time, you build a, a new neural pathway or a new um, belief structure, and then things start shifting and flowing in your business because you no longer resonate with that energy. So it's really, really magical what can happen. But I'm not doing that. It's what you're doing every day that shifts and changes that. Mm.
0: Yeah, so are there any simple tools or practices or maybe maybe one in particular that you give to your clients after you have a session with them as to how they can then integrate doing that work after the session?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, every single kinesiology session is obviously individualised because we all have different things going on in our life and we have you know our subconscious runs differently for each and every person so home reinforcements actually quite often come up during a session so sometimes it might be an essential oil has come up and then they need to use that for a couple of weeks sometimes it might be depending I work quite often a lot with women with um learning when to step into the masculine but also learning when to step into the feminine so it might be a practice of meditation every day or making space in their work I work a lot with women in business who find it hard to slow down and switch off (laughs) is making you know popping in Mm. moments within their weeks for the white space and I don't dictate, like, it doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to be yoga. It could be a walk on the beach or it could be a coffee mm. with, you know, a best friend. But something that's really going to reconnect them back to their body but also to their soul or to refuel that soul. Um, so it really depends on the client. Sometimes it's simple things because I work holistically. So sometimes it is physical things. It's like you literally need to drink more water. <laughs> Because, you know, you're tired all the time because you're not hydrated (laughs) and or it could be you need to switch your phone off by 7 o'clock every night and maybe do a legs up the wall pose or go and read at night rather than engaging on social media so that you can sleep properly. So it really, every single client is completely different. All of them are quite often lifestyle sort of Um, skills some of them can be related more spiritually you know they might need to do some intention setting around new moon or you know as I said they might have to work with a certain crystal if that came up in this session and it resonates with them they might have to create a daily ritual around something that's going to nourish their soul so it, it really does depend on what they're coming in my door for And what their body tells them. So it's, that's probably not, you know, as simple as giving them one thing. But um, yeah, it's really just knowing that whatever comes up for you in a session, like if I give you a home reinforcement, the clients who act on that get the greater rewards than the clients that don't. Mm -hmm. Because it's ultimately a choice at the end of the day, you know, and it can take a few sessions sometimes to work through that old hardwiring and that those subconscious sort of beliefs and ingrained things, because that's been your default for so long. Um, but it's so magical when you have had someone that it's like, yeah, they have potentially sort of been struggling a little with knowing what they need to do, but going from knowing or the awareness to inspired action. And then when they flip and it goes, it changes. Wow, it's just so magical. What can change in such a short time? And you probably find very similar Mm. with your clients as well. It takes sometimes momentum and peeling back onion layers. I feel like kinesiology quite often, and you probably find with your clients too, you sometimes have to peel a few layers back before they can really access um, what it is that they're needing to make the changes in their life.
0: Yeah, I love that. So there's, there's different, there's just different things that will integrate whatever that kind of lesson is that needs to land and that's yeah. going to be obvious and emerge from the session
1: yeah because it is holistic <laughs>
0: mm, yeah and and yeah. It, and based on what is true and present
1: yeah, absolutely, like sometimes they need to work on money mindset, and so I might say to them like if you're really interested, maybe you go and do alex 's course, for instance, because obviously I can work on the energetics of you know um, unblocking money things and stuff, but if they feel like they Need something a little bit more specific for that thing, like it is making sure that you go and do you know those things that are going to assist you with potential potential blocks that are in a specific area because yeah. I really feel like as women we have multiples like people in our support team. So I have a lot of clients mm. who will see a kinesiologist and then they might have an acupuncturist or they might have, you know, a mindset coach and they all intertweave and work together um, because sometimes I might find the root cause of the problem and, yes, we clear the energy, but it's like, oh, this has been a big problem for a while. I actually need to go and do something specific to that <laughs> um and quite often sometimes allergies can come up or home, hormonal imbalances um and i might, like, you know go and see you know Anna she's a great acupuncturist she can really help with that part or yeah so it's knowing um that yeah kinesiology is just a great tool to sometimes just find out what's the root cause of what's going on for me in order to flourish um in my world and we're not always working on like quite often people feel like they come to me only because there's a problem <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, like mm. something physicals come up or, or mentally, emotionally, but I quite often have a lot of women in business um, or just women generally who are like, I want to leave my career or I want to do X, Y, and Z in my business and I work, want to work through what's potentially holding me back um, because they're being proactive like they want mm. to work on get good, you know getting themselves in a position and working towards their needs and wants and desires and goals, and uh, rather than being reactive to things, which I really love too.
0: Yes, I yeah, that's awesome, and I feel like if if people don't come to me in that way of like, oh, I'm just wanting to work on creating what I love and it is something that's being driven by fear, part of the process is <laughs> getting them to a yeah. place where they are going, okay, I'm creating what I love rather than just trying to um, reduce the pain of something.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I so would love really to hear... What-
0: Sorry, I think there's a bit of a lag in, um, in the sound. But I would love to hear um, how you got started in your business. So how did it start? How did you get your first client? What was, what was it like for you um, getting, getting going?
1: So I didn't start. So I waited till I had finished. My diploma of kinesiology, so that was three years of studying. Um, and to be honest, I was petrified <laughs> uh, putting myself out into the world as going from a student to a suppose traditional practitioner. And I actually started in two thousand and seventeen, but I started working with a coach because I felt like I needed that support in putting myself out there and knowing what I needed to do in order to um, start my business. So I started working with a coach. I worked with a coach for six months and that was really empowering and I think it got me sort of – it built my confidence, which I needed, but it just gave me the tools I needed, you know, social media and website and um, booking systems and all of those things that you don't always get Or at the time um, when you studied some holistic health modality courses. They don't cover the business side (laughs) very well. Mm. (laughs) It's starting to change a little bit more now. But, yeah, so and I started off because in our course we had to do – like we had to do case studies and we had to start seeing clients as a part of our course. So, it kind of just went from there. I put it out there with friends and family. I'm actually from regional Victoria in Gippsland. And so, I started actually going down there and seeing clients. And I have a really big client base down where I grew up because there's not many holistic practitioners. So, I still go down there a couple of times a year and see clients. And mm. between Melbourne and uh, Gippsland, um, yeah, it just grew from there, word of mouth. I find for me, word of mouth has actually been my biggest marketing or biggest way for me to get or I don't like using that word, but for clients finding me. And mm. yeah, the first sort of two years, it was predominantly just focused on kinesiology. And then I wanted to bring yoga and start running retreats and workshops into my business. So I started to be a yoga teacher and did meditation uh, training as well. I was really fascinated too with women's hormones and women's cycles. So I've done a women's hormone and cycles course and program and I've done Reiki and I've done all else. Sound healing, I've done so many different courses now around different health modalities. And yeah, it just grew from there. So it started with clients and then into running some yoga classes and into workshops, into half-day retreats, full-day retreats, weekend retreats, (laughs) Um, and yeah, in 2020, I started a podcast as another way of sort of marketing myself and my business and just sharing the gifts because I love all of the things that I do and love sharing them, sharing it with others. But it's just grown and evolved from there. And I started seeing clients online. Prior to COVID, it was something I, I had started doing because everything is energy. And so, some people are bit really skeptical because kinesiology is generally a touched-based modality. But I can tap into your energy regardless of if I'm touching you or not. And the clients now that have had both are open to both because they're like, it's exactly the same. I don't know what, how she does it. I sorry got muscle test. So I'm still muscle testing, but I'm muscle testing on myself while I'm working with the client. But yeah, it I had to pivot and transition a lot through COVID. Um, everything obviously had to go online because we weren't allowed to see clients in person and we weren't deemed essential. And that's kind of where I started my online yoga classes and offerings. Um, as well. So, I've done an array of things that have worked. I've done an array of things that don't work. <laughs> um, and yeah, I have some little products that I sell as well. And I've got some women's energy oracle cards that basically um, a collection of all of my work over the last five years um, that I've, a lot of clients and students love using on a daily or weekly basis. So, that's kind of in a nutshell my business journey and I've really just gone with the flow like does this feel good does this light me up you know do does my audience enjoy whatever it is that that I'm sharing whether it's a workshop or a class or a retreat and I've just followed what I love doing and I definitely love seeing one-to-one clients I definitely love holding space in some sort of workshop or retreat capacity that really lights my soul up and I have a couple of courses in mind that that I haven't had this white space for yet but that's something that I would like to do as well but I'm really I kind of feel like when you start your business you sometimes just throw everything and anything out there some because you feel like you have to and some because I feel like sometimes there is that comparisonitis <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I've had to really work through that the last sort of, I'm not so bad now, but in the sort of sort of year two or three, it was like I should be doing this or I should be doing that or I, I need to have this or I need to have that and I really pulled back the layers through lockdown and was like, no, what do I want to do? What lights my mm. soul up and what, you know, what do i what gifts do i really want to share and put out into the world and so that's kind of now if something isn't a hell yes or doesn't energetically inspire me from the inside it's a no mm. <laughs> so that's kind of my business journey
0: well i love that you shared most of your business has come through word of mouth because mm. i i find a lot of people get um they get a bit or maybe indoctrinated with this idea that social media has got to be the way and and then I, I work with a lot of people who then have a lot of resistance to that and they don't want to be on social media and and I I don't get majority of my clients through social media I I build a relationship with them Through Instagram, but that's not actually how I grow my audience and clients that I work with. And I recorded a podcast maybe a month or two ago on, I think, 13 different ways to grow your business off social media, because it's just, it's not the only way to grow your business. It's not like a necessary thing in order to create what you love. You don't have to have, you know, thousands, tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of followers. So I love that you shared that as a part of your business journey. And and really interesting that you said that. And it was actually the question I wanted to ask you next as you were sharing about over lockdown, going through that process of, hang on, what, what do I want here? Because I feel like I went through that same process in 2020 I kind of let a whole bunch of things just fall to the ground. And I was like, what do I want to offer? And I realized how much I had been restricting myself because of an idea that I need to, you know, have one concise message or target one concise group of people or something in order for my business to work. And I wasn't, I just wasn't allowing my true expression because I was trying to work out What I needed to do, you know, in order to have my business. And my question was going to be, you know, was there ever a time where you had to kind of break through something internally to give yourself permission to do your business the way that you wanted to do? And it sounds like that happened, um, in over, you know, 2020, maybe 2021. So I'd love to know if you could share maybe a few things in particular that you changed or that you gave yourself permission to do or permission to stop doing because you realized this isn't actually what I would love or this other, this thing that I haven't let myself do is what I would really love.
1: Yeah. So I felt like, and it's interesting you use the word permission because that also comes up a lot in my clinic, but I had to work through that permission piece where it was like – I think before um, COVID happened, you know, we were all getting to these points where it was like, you know, sometimes it's like we had to have all the bells and whistles in our business in order to feel like we were successful (laughs) or we were going to have a successful business. You know, if we had a podcast and if we did, you know, stories every day and, you know, we – had a blog going out every week and a newsletter and we had all, we were doing all the things. Then we were successful. Like then we were going to get all these clients and or all these people signing up to our programs, you know, Facebook ads or Google ads or whatever it is. We had to do all of these things. And I got to a point where I was sitting there one day and I was like, stop, like you do not preach this stuff. Why are you practicing what you don't preach and why are you not listening to what your heart really wants to share? And so that kind of unfolded around lockdown um, because I was over sitting at a laptop, to be honest, feeling like I had to do all of these, tick off all these, this to-do list around all this marketing stuff that wasn't bringing me any joy. (laughs) And so – yeah, I had to realize, well, what do I enjoy doing out of – because I feel like you still need to put things out into the world. I think that's really important to have a presence on in some level with your audience. So, whether it is just a newsletter or a podcast or, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I have days where I'm really inspired and I have days like, I'm not touching you because I don't want to touch you today. <laughs> But I was giving myself even the permission to do that. Like Mm. don't post every day if you don't feel like it. Like let your soul guide you with what you want to post. It doesn't have to be to a schedule. You can just post Mm. when you feel like it. So the permission piece was big for me because I feel like for the first couple of years I was just learning how to run a business as well. Um, my partner and I actually had had a cafe um, while I was going through my healing process, so that I felt like gave me the bones and the grit to be like, you can run your own business. But in terms of having a holistic business and a client-based business, I felt like I was just throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what stuck a little bit for the first couple of years. And then I got to, probably because in lockdown we had, you know, I, I almost felt like I had to pivot. You know, if I was going to, which a lot of businesses were the same, like if I was going to sustain myself for who knew how long back then, I would have to pivot a little bit in order to um, have, well, It was either close my business until we could see clients face-to-face or I had a choice to pivot. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to pivot. And while I'm pivoting, I'm going to figure out what I enjoy doing and what I don't. Mm. (laughs) And that's kind of where I started my free Facebook group Um, and I had the idea of running my membership, which I still run now because these were things that fueled my soul and having a community was really important to me. So... I stopped marketing to um, not necessarily a dead audience, but putting out content just for the sake of content Mm. and then really sharing things with people that were interested in what I had to say and were excited about, you know, things that I was sharing. And that's kind of been a really big lesson in learning is reminding yourself that, nothing you do has to be forever and you have to really figure out what works for you and at the time too I felt like I was going back into burnout a little and I had started working a lot more with running my business based on my energy cycles so whether that was listening to where I was with my menstrual cycle but also listening to my daily energy so Because I have had a tendency since I was ill to still get, like I still have a constitution where I can get tired really easily. I don't have these reserves of abundance of energy like some people do have. I had to start working with my flow of energy knowing that I had more energy in the morning than in the afternoon. And I just changed the whole structure of the way I was working and I haven't really looked back.
0: That is so awesome and so powerful. Have you noticed since doing that greater momentum or flow? I mean, it sounds like probably greater health and and energy and vitality within yourself, but yeah, have you noticed external impacts of making those shifts?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, another thing that we spoke about on my podcast was through lockdown I created a non-negotiable ritual of giving to myself first in the morning. So, so before I as much as I can before I touch emails or social media, it doesn't always happen or if clients have texted me, but I try and do a meditation or go for a walk or do some yoga and refueling me before I give to others and that in itself has been monumental to the energy because I get energised because I am giving to myself first. So even if I wake up, I know I'm a bit tired or sluggish. Knowing that I'm doing that before I start my work day has completely transformed um, my mindset, my energy, and my outlook for my day. And so I really miss that. When at times I have been unwell, or I've had to do, you know, go uh, traveling or something, you really notice. I really miss that, and I notice the impact it has on my day when I don't give to myself first. And and it changes; like it's not always the same thing every day, but on some level, I give to to me and myself first. And then working with uh, within my business um, and doing things that I love. Yeah, like I have definitely seen more of a monumental shift with just trusting that the clients I'm supposed to work with will find me Mm. and not, you know, like even when I'm setting intentions around the new moon or working on my manifesting practices, I now don't necessarily put numbers towards Mm. like how many clients, like if potentially I'm going through and quite often I need to work on something energetically that's blocking me when this happens. (laughs) Like clients might have slowed or I'm wanting a new influx of clients. I used to kind of put like I want 10 new clients or I want, you know, (laughs) I want to make 10 grand this month. But I I've since also learned through what I've been what I've been doing is if I just put out the energy of what I'm wanting to share and what the type of women that I'm wanting to work with that unfolds so much easily and quickly mm. because I'm aligned with that then if I'm trying to put like these hard fast like I suppose um number like logical ego driven mm. <laughs> ideals around around them and so Yeah, it it has transformed in multiple ways and different sort of layers of of working. But I've I've just found that, you know, if I'm bleeding one week, and I'm tired, I just give myself the day the permission unless I'm seeing clients to rest. Knowing that I know in a week's time when I'm in my spring phase, or you know, I'm day seven or eight of my cycle, I'm going to have the energy to do that really quickly. So it's, It's just that permission piece to know when you need to rest and when you need to, you know, take that inspired action and just flowing with that energy depending on where you're at each and every day. So I kind of see it as being or allowing business to be working with flow but it's also about living in the present and being guided from, you know, your in inner world, not your outer world.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. That is so key, being guided from your inner world, not your outer world. Now, there's two things you just said that I feel like very much would love to dive into, but we're going to have to start wrapping up the episode. One of them is around what you said about dropping the ego-driven numbers. Oh, like yeah. I think that's really powerful. And, and I do use numbers sometimes to hold a vision. I I don't even use the word goal anymore. I'm like, I've got a vision, I connect to my Mm. vision and I can receive like this, the the energy of that vision, the context of it might be, you know, this many people, but then I pretty well let it go. You know, like the, the, I don't focus on the number because then that just can very easily put you in this ego orientation or, or it can, it doesn't necessarily keep you connected with the true essence of the end result, the mm-hmm. vision that you're wanting to bring into being. So I love that you shared that, you know, cause I think that's a really powerful thing to do. And if you are ever getting in your head about it, like just, just no numbers, you don't need the numbers that you don't need to hang on to like a number <laughs> goal in order to create what you would love. So I love that, and also I've heard you mention this a few times now and and you did in the podcast we did it for your uh, podcast was about working with your menstrual cycle because I don't think I've actually done an episode on that on my podcast, and that's something I do and I you know really take for granted, I would say now, mm. and I just feel like all. All women should know about it, and I would, I, I would love to have you back on to talk about that and share yeah, your wisdom absolutely. that you've got around that. So, my um, there's two questions I like to end on. One of them is, what yeah. has been your your biggest challenge in growing your business or in your business journey?
1: I think my biggest challenge. I think it is having the, I'm going to say letting go of expectations and really stepping into my trust and faith because we can get so in our ego and the idealisms Mm. around what business should look like and especially at different times and monetary targets and all the things that we've kind of sort of touched on. But when you really touch, when you really allow yourself to come from that place of the soul and the intuition and the feeling based of what you want your business to be like, that's where you flourish from. So I've had to really learn to navigate out of um the ego and the self-criticisms and the idealisms of what things should look like and how they should turn out. And the same, I don't use goals anymore. I use more intentions rather than those words. And then it's stepping into trusting and faith and know that I'm being guided in the right direction at the right time. Mm. And just going where that takes you. And I felt the more I've come out of that fear or lack mentality and more into that trust and faith or love or connection space, wow, does things change. Yes. (laughs) In lots of sense. And things just flow and you don't have to worry about the money side as much because there is just that trust and faith. And, yeah, it's it's really hard to explain sometimes through a podcast because it's quite often feeling-based. It's like you're living from this constant sort of place of passion and purpose and fun and lightness and experimenting and not the fear. And so I really had to, my biggest challenge is to let go of the fear mm. because I, that's what ran my show and that's basically what created my illness.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, so much good stuff. So much that... Uh, I could further take all of that as well. But my final question is um, what advice, and it might actually just be basically exactly what you just said, but what advice would you give someone who's just starting out wanting in, you know, either in early stages of their, you know, creating their soul-led business or just having the idea to get started?
1: So I think my advice would be to just stay connected to your truth and your essence and let yourself be guided by what feels right at the time. You will make mistakes and you will fail, and I have too, but it's letting go of the expectations and the comparisonitis that social media and the business world puts out there and just remember your why and just keep coming back to that again and again and let that guide you and you won't go, you, you won't fail. Well, at times you will, but that's part of the lessons and learnings. But at the end of the day, you will find where you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. You will be led where you're supposed to, you know, where, where your journey is going and it's just trusting in that.
0: Mm. Yes. Thank you so much, Ilana, for taking this time to share your journey, your experiences, your wisdom with us. I feel like this is such a juicy, delicious episode. So, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you after this? What's the best way for them to connect with you? And, you know, if they're interested in getting even more of a taste of what you do, what would be um, a way they can do that?
1: yeah so my website is o k dot I have a podcast called the Energy Shift and there's lots of juicy episodes there's a cycle episode on there well, I think there's two or three cycle episodes on there there's heaps of different episodes around you know health spirituality um, feminine leadership mindset um, it's just episodes about shifting your energy and ways you can do that i On socials are Alana K Kinesiology, Instagram, and Facebook. And they're the main ways that you can connect with me.
0: Beautiful. Well, all of those things are going to be in the episode description. So if you're listening to this um, and you want to follow any of them up, you can find all the links in the episode notes. And thank you so much, Ilana, again. And I'm excited to have you back on. I think maybe once you've had your baby, uh, to chat about (laughs) working with your cycle.
1: Yeah, I would love that. It's definitely a passion of mine.
0: What a beautiful episode. I'm so grateful to Ilana for coming on. I feel like I could have talked to her for hours, so many rabbit holes we could have dived into through that conversation. So I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything else that you would love to hear more about, feel free to let me know over on Instagram, send me a message. My handle is at alexh.co and I'm definitely going to have Ilana back on the podcast to share some of her beautiful, gentle, loving, true wisdom, um, because there's so much of it. All right, sending you lots of love and I'll see you in the next episode.